Hello and welcome to the Drill Community Movie Review Series, Episode 9. I am not going anywhere. I'm here. Always have been. Always will be. And uh, getting used to it. Enjoying the ride as best I can. The clearer I see it, the more uh, trippy it gets, the more fun it gets, the more curious I get. Um, but I'm I'm glad I get to share it with you at least. Likewise, it's funny. Once you stop fighting the obvious fact that you are the here and now and always have been and always will be, it really becomes quite fun. All of a sudden, the things that you once resisted, you don't necessarily see the point in resisting anymore because you have changed. And so everything that you do changes as a result of you being different. It's very interesting. It's a different point of view. Instead of looking at the world around you, trying to make it change, it changes with you. That all said, this week's movie review is about Groundhog Day, which came out in 1993 and stars Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. And before I say anything, I just want to say, yes, I'm aware that this is our third Bill Murray movie out of the eight movie reviews that we have done. So as a result of that, if Bill Murray happens to be watching this, we are happy to buy you a coffee if you'd like to meet us. You get a free coffee, Bill. The reason we covered this movie, actually, is because it's very dear to my heart. And I know I often say that these are some of my favorite movies, and they are. But Groundhog Day consistently hits me in the soul. Every time I watch it, especially now that I've, quote unquote, woken up to being the here and now. Because the story of Bill Murray's character, Phil, is the story of our ego and the process that we go through in accepting that we are eternity. So before I go any further, I'm going to pass it over to Andrew, who I know has seen the movie before, but has now watched the movie again with a different set of eyes. So I'm very curious as to your thoughts, Andrew. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, I think I don't want to go as far as to say this movie changed my perspective on life as a whole, but I don't know if it's something that's necessarily going to wake someone up on its own. But once you're kind of aware of it, it's going to shift some stuff for sure. Um, so, yeah, as Ray said, I, I have seen this movie before. It was a long time ago and what feels like sort of a, a different lifetime, certainly. Um, I think I saw it. I don't know, maybe may, might have been 10 years ago, might have been seven years ago. Um, and from that perspective, I remember seeing it and just being like, oh, you know, this dude kind of is living in hell for a bit, going through the same day, kind of comes to terms with it. And it seemed like once he came to terms with it, things started moving on and he just had some lessons to learn. And then, you know, went about the rest of his life and no longer had to live the same day over again. But from this point of view, and, you know, based on all the conversations we're always having, my view on this movie is completely different now. And it, it really hit home for me, too. It's like, no, this is this is our experience. This is my experience. Eternity. Every single day. Not going anywhere. Nothing you do necessarily changes that. There's nowhere, nowhere else to get nothing else to be other than what you've always been here and now. And so it really tugs on that idea of, you know, what's the point? What's the point of existence of, of life? Why, why do we keep 
doing this, going round and round. To what end is it? Well, this movie kind of goes through all of the ways you can spend it. And, and what it really comes down to is being at peace here and now, doing it for you here and now. Like that's, that's the extent. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what anything leading up to right now means, but if you can be at peace here and now, that's really all it ever comes down to because that's the only place you've ever been. It's the only experience you've ever had is here and now. And so it goes through, you know, we see all, and we'll get into some of the stuff here for sure, but basically goes through all the, all the iterations of potential ways that you could spend a day that, you know, won't matter, you know, in the, in the sense that we think of things not mattering, you know, well, if tomorrow's not happening, then I can do whatever I want today. I can eat all the pastries in the world. I can, you know, kill myself. I can do anything and I'll just wake up the next day. And, you know, that really is our experience just condensed into, you know, the perception of, of a single day where you wake up each, uh, each day at the same time in the same spot and everything that you had experienced didn't really happen, but kind of symbolic of our, our lifetimes in a way, but depending on the perspective that you take, the movie's going to have significantly different impact, but yeah, it's a fucking fantastic movie and really, really got me thinking about a lot of different things, but I'll pass it back to Ray. I love how you said it really depends on your perspective because this movie in the perspective that we're often talking about here on dualistic unity will strike a whole new chord because ordinarily in our regular mortal lives, we use the idea of death, the end of this as kind of a motivation to change ourselves, to appreciate more about the day-to-day things that happen to us our moments as it were. But this movie goes in the entirely different direction because if you know you're eternal, that's not really much of a motivation for you. So this movie takes a person who looks at themselves as your ordinary human being, struggling to get by, competing with everybody, comparing themselves to everybody, trying to feel self-important, trying to feel in control, still not appreciating anything about his life, regardless of the fact that it will end one day. And it puts him in a situation where it won't ever end, that you are in fact stuck with yourself. And so now you have to do something with it because there's no getting out of it. And I love the fact that this movie does that because that's the lesson. When you let go of the small story of who you think you are and you start to recognize that you are awareness, that you are what will always be, you have to come to terms with that. And so I love the progression for Phil as he starts with the first day that we meet him. And he's so egotistical. He actually refers to himself as the talent at one point. Um, He actually says, and I love this line, do you think I want to spend an extra second in Punxsutawney? So everything about what he's about to experience is his hell. He hates it. He doesn't see the point of being there. It doesn't advance his career. He doesn't like the people. He doesn't like the environment. He thinks the stupid groundhog thing is ridiculous. Not going to say he's wrong there. But the point is, is that this is not the life he wants to live. All he's looking forward to is to get promoted to the network. He's looking to get onto a a bigger television network so he can become more of a star. So it's all about him and his tiny little egotistical ambition, despite the fact that he's miserable. 
he's absolutely cantankerous. Even in the ride to Punxsutawney, Rita, his producer, is an absolute gem. She sees everything through the eyes of like wonder and and gratitude and appreciation and all that. And she's just trying to have a nice ride and he's just crapping on everything because that's that's his point of view. And so that's why he doesn't enjoy anything he does. And even when he's in front of the camera, he smiles, but it's paper thin. And so you go through that first day in Punxsutawney and you see who Phil is. And then as they try to leave town, and I love this because he's a weatherman who's so full of himself that he couldn't possibly be wrong. And he's telling everybody, there's not going to be a blizzard. It's going to pass us by. It's going to pass us by. Why? Well, because he wanted to leave Punxsutawney. So he was biased in his view. And so when the blizzard comes along, despite whatever control he thinks he has, it starts to ruin his day. Right. And then it's just one thing after another after that. And so when we get to day two, where he wakes up and he has to relive all of this, his first thought is panic. Right. Because what's happening? I don't understand. Why is this happening over again? I feel like I'm trapped. And then day three, still that panic because he can't get out of it. He's stuck with himself. So I enjoy watching that part of it. But isn't it interesting? It doesn't take long. I think it's maybe four or five days before he starts to recognize that he can use this to his advantage, that he can do anything he wants. He can get drunk. He can eat anything he wants. He can manipulate Nancy and others. And it doesn't take long for him to do that, to make that transition to, well, if I'm stuck here and there's no consequence, I can do whatever I want. Now, here's the reason I love this movie, because each time I watch this movie, there are hidden references to how long Phil was in there because they never actually tell you ever, but they do make certain references along the way. Like when he was teaching Rita how to throw cards and he's like, Oh, three to four hours a day, six months, you'll have it down. Right. Goes to the movie theater. He's like, I've seen this movie over a hundred times now. It's not like he went every day. He goes throughout the diner and he tells Rita, every single person's story and not just little facts about them, but personal facts about them that would have required him to get to know that person and actually have them trust him. So you have to consider how many days, how many experiences, even just robbing the bank down to the second, knowing where everybody was going, where every conversation was happening, when the dog would bark, how long was he there? And that's it. So after a while of knowing everything and getting everything that you want, it starts to wear thin and it did and all of a sudden he started to understand that getting what he wanted wasn't making him as happy so it must be the one thing that he couldn't get which was rita and that's where that path came in yeah it's uh it, it reminds me of the alan watts sort of story where he talks about being god and, and going through and kind of getting everything you want and, and as you go through that you'd recognize that you're you're exactly where you would want to be if you were able to go through all those iterations but it it really shows it in present day sort of situations like all the things that we desire getting all of those things and and going through and you know from starting out just eating all the pastries that he wants to getting drunk to doing whatever it, it kind of like progresses from there to you know, the sexual manipulation type things, getting those needs met. And then it's just like interacting with as many people as he could, meeting as many people as he could. And then, yeah, as, as you said, it comes back to 
the one thing that that he couldn't get no matter how hard he tried he went through and and the the amount of times even on that date where he gets her drink right and going through that like the number of times he would have had to go through to get all of those facts like he knew probably a thousand things about rita and even doing all of that having everything down to a t figuring out whichever way like didn't work out in the previous day he tried a different way and just kind of go through it to the point that it was so rehearsed that it was clearly fake like in the snowball fight that scene where where he picks up the snow and he's like clearly fake and he's like all oh, these kids these kids oh they're so crazy and then and then she falls over and he knows exactly where she's gonna fall and he kind of like purposefully falls it's not a stumble like it was the first time it wasn't natural at all he was trying to force something because he wanted something out of it he was being manipulative and she could feel that as much as he was getting everything right it got to a point where she wasn't even impressed by it exactly and and so it became this this kind of hollow understanding as opposed to the the deeper fuller understanding um but going through all of that and and also going back to the start when he was uh just being an asshole before you know the, the days started repeating it's like there's almost a, a feeling of certainty that allowed him to be an asshole like he was certain the way things were going to go but he was kind of like not creating it but choosing the the environment for to place himself in and, and kind of reinforcing his desire to be an asshole because of all the things that he was trying to get and and things that he felt so certain about because you know tomorrow was sort of promised and then as soon as that was taken away it was like his certainty was taken away or, or his sense of certainty was taken away and he was completely shaken and that led to the initial panic which eventually as as we spoke about a little bit already led to the just like not giving a fuck being kind of a manipulative asshole gluttonous and all those things like going through all of those sort of fleshy desires and then getting to the point where you know he did everything he possibly could he was kind of on a mission to get rita to the point of letting that go and then just doing as many things as he could and then you know eventually getting to the point where he was just of service to the town just might as well be something decent for the rest of the people might as well help some people out might as well you know give what he could and and help people from different you know sicknesses or their car gets stuck or or whatever because you know he didn't have anything that he needed he didn't have anything that he needed because he didn't have anything to save for tomorrow he could just give it all that day and so it was fascinating to see just the progressive shift of panic to kind of self-centered desires to letting go of those and just kind of allowing things to eventually play out and and you know how long he was going through each stage i don't really know but i guess you know at the end of the day he went through each stage for eternity well and it wasn't a smooth transition like his pursuing rita thinking this this is going to make me happy 
but not being himself. And he actually says, I don't even like myself, which was the problem, right? And so when he can't get Rita and he recognizes that therefore he can't be happy, that's when he decides he wants to die. And so he goes through this process of trying to kill himself over and over again, and he can't, and he gets so deluded that he actually convinces himself it's the groundhog's fault. The groundhog is the one that's making this day repeat and he must be stopped. And it's a funny, funny moment for sure. But it's after all of that, realizing you're not going anywhere, regardless of if you die or not, you're still coming back. You're still going to be here tomorrow because you are tomorrow, as it were. And so in humility, finally, at the end of all of this egotism and struggle for control and getting, getting what you want and trying to satisfy himself, he's got nothing left. And he goes to Rita, the one person who's been honest with him, and he just tells her what's been happening. He just tells her, I think I've been here forever. And instead of pursuing her, he just wants to talk to someone honestly. And he does. And it's in that moment where he recognizes Maybe I can do something with this. Rita actually says, like, what would you want to do if it was your only day? He starts thinking about it. And so he starts using this eternity to his advantage after that moment. He lets go of Rita. He starts making it about what he can do because he wants to. The very next day, he's bringing coffees, you know, to the crew. And he's talking to people more and he's having more fun. He goes to learn piano. He starts to recognize where each and every person in the town is going through something and he can help them. But the one transition, and this part always makes me cry, each and every time. I think it was the third or fourth day where Phil is starting to realize that he's eternal. This day is going to keep repeating. And he sees the homeless man, the old man, asking for change. And he casually says, oh, I'll get you tomorrow, knowing that there is no tomorrow. And that's how little Phil cared. And then later, he actually sees that old man after He's found humility after he's decided to make the most of his life, after he started to value existence. And he sees this person's life and he's like, there's a valuable life and he wants to help him. And the old man just keeps dying, regardless of what he does, regardless of how much control. And at this point, that has to be really frustrating for Phil because there's nothing he can't learn. He has eternity. There's nothing he can't learn. That's why the first thing he says is, I'd like to see his chart. He's going to learn about medicine. He's going to learn how to take care of this old man because he can learn anything. He has eternity. And she's like, sometimes people just die. And he said, not today, because it was his day. And why should he have limitations if he's God, if he's everything? Because at this point, he's starting to think he's God because he's been here for eternity, right? And he actually says, you know, uh, maybe the real God has just been around for so long that he knows everything which is kind of a clue, but he has to accept that death happens. And in that acceptance and accepting that he can't stop everything, he really does value what he can do. And I think that's the last transition for Phil. I think that it's at that point that he becomes the Phil that we see on his last day is the Phil that just wants it to be everyone's perfect day. Right? I love the fact that on that morning, he goes to the crew and the one person that he wants, Rita, is listening to him do this beautiful speech 
about Groundhog Day because he's no longer resisting it. He's seeing the beauty and the symbolism and how it's bringing everyone together. The speech on that last day is really Phil's insight throughout all of this. And then Rita comes up and she's like, hey, Phil, do you want to go get a coffee? And he's like, no, I'd love to, but I have some errands to run. There are other people to think about. His whole perspective shifted. He let go of the one thing he wanted. And throughout that entire day was there for everyone else, even at the party afterwards. Where's Phil? Entertaining everyone. And isn't that how it goes, huh? Letting go of that one thing that you want. Eventually it comes around, but it's not It's not because you're like, I don't want it, but I, but I want it still. It's like you can't lie to yourself and, and you, you just can't. As much as you think you maybe can, you can't. But that, yeah, the the process of kind of kind of recognizing that you're God, or at least wondering if you are, really, uh, they they come about it and and seems like what seems like a roundabout way, but at the same time, it's it's not. It's just through a sort of specific type of plot, but really, it is eternity he recognizes eternity and he goes through all of the all of the iterations of the thought processes that you were if you did recognize that you were eternal it's just you know confined where it where it feels like more of a reset but it really is the same types of things there's nowhere to go you're not getting anywhere all the things that he goes through the from you know trying to get everything he wants to trying to kill himself, trying to, it doesn't change anything whatsoever. And so going through all of those processes, you know, eventually he gets to a place where it it's, he kind of prioritizes his environment. It's, it's really is throughout the entire movie, the progress from shifting from the self-centered focus to the environmental focus as in, you know, ever, everyone else, how the town is doing, kind of focusing on all of them. And it's just so funny how as you go through that, as you get to a place where you spend your whole day helping everyone else, that leads to the thing that you always wanted that you were trying to get the whole time. And it just happens so perfectly and so seamlessly without any concern for how it's going. And that's really is tapping into the flow that's what we talk about when we talk about you know the reality of manifestation of flow state of tapping into what is just doing what you can appreciating the moment for what it is prioritizing your experience and by you i mean reality's experience when that becomes your priority you're you're compensated a hundred times more than you ever possibly would focusing on yourself in all of the fulfilling moments that you experience and the way that everyone is now seeing you, but it, it can't be doing all of that for that in return. It's just a product of it because he really didn't need anything anymore. He needed nothing by the end of that movie. And that's when it all shifted. That's when it all changed. But especially the, uh, just real quick, going back to the, all of the learning of things like especially the piano how he started out was like pretty shitty like anyone does learning a new instrument and there was zero concern there was zero frustration 
you know, you can see him kind of just like casually bouncing around, like making off, off notes, missing keys and whatnot. And the, the teacher is kind of like giving funny faces and he just has no concern because he knows he's just going to come back and just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it for who knows, could have been years, probably was years. And, and then he, he got good. And so that's what it comes down to. And, and so often, you know, because we have the limited idea of ourselves, because we kind of create deadlines and timelines for ourselves, like I have to be at this point by this point, I have to be in this situation by this time. And it, it completely undermines our process and our experience along the way. It's always going to undermine that because it's not about him getting to, you know, be able to entertain everyone by being really good at the piano. It's about every day that he spent learning it and being able to appreciate the time that he did spend going through it and and kind of that entire journey of getting to that place. But it was because he had no deadline. He was actually able to. And it probably only took a couple of years. Like that's not that crazy unless you have this idea of yourself and, and measuring your worth and value based on how well or how poorly you can do something. Most of us spend our entire lives judging ourselves based on those, those limited ideas. But yeah, I mean, I mean, going through the process of kind of letting go and, and recognizing that he doesn't need anything, everything comes around perfectly timed for him because he really just like by the end of it wasn't thinking about himself almost at all if at all he had he had let go almost completely of that idea of himself because when you think about the reality of what phil is going through and again you remove the assumption of how much time he spent there and you play it out in your mind about how much time you would really spend learning this lesson it would be really interesting because at first you would try changing everything you do day to day, who you talk to, how you respond to them, where you go, everything else. And you would do every variation of what you can do to see what would change. But eventually things would start repeating because you would try every variation and that would get very boring and very monotonous and it would start to lose meaning. And so you would, it would eventually dawn on you that the only thing left to change is you. And that would change everything else again. So now you can go through all of those variations and new version of yourself, different responses, different reactions, different timing, everything, different emotions. Now you got to change yourself again. So Phil actually got to the point where the town was changing with him because that was the only change that he had left outside of all the physical changes that he had long since exhausted. And I love the fact that <laughs> at the very end, when he wakes up the next morning and it's finally the next morning, he says, anything different is good. And how different is that from our current mentality? Where we fear anything different. But he looked at it as a chance to have a new experience. As a chance to go down a different direction without that fear. Because even death would be a different experience to fill right now. Right, Everything would be a blissful change. And he looks at it that way. And that's why I love that he later on says, no matter... What happens tomorrow or for the rest of my life? I'm happy now. And that's the point. Yeah, I actually had both of those written down. 
when uh, he recognizes that something something's different about today. And, and Rita asks him, is it is it good or bad? Anything different is good. Anything different is good. And, and the, you know, in uh, no matter what happens tomorrow, I'm happy now. Like, that's really the messages that I took from this was was those two at the very end when he kind of realized that he was he was out of it but he he also wasn't almost it was still the entire lesson of going through it every day was i'm happy now whatever happens next i'm happy now it's okay and you know is it good or bad anything different is good as things change which they always do the only constant is change so everything's always different and therefore in that perspective everything's always you know quote unquote good but we have we have the idea as as you mentioned that right now things things that are different are bad <laughs> we see change and difference as oftentimes a bad thing as a negative thing as a scary thing because it's uncertain but you go you go deep deep enough into certainty into a lack of change or lack of the perception of change and things get dark pretty quick. Things get scary. And you kind of have to figure it out on your own how to work with it. And that's not to say that you don't still do that in in an environment that is constantly changing. But it's like a balance. Like you don't have to do all of it. Like now he can go into every situation and not know, you know what the people are going to say. What what everyone's going to think and feel in every situation that's going to happen playing out. And so he can still maintain that appreciation for the here and now. And it's almost like the appreciation is there because everything is different, because everything is uncertain. He comes full circle to being like, holy shit, I don't know everything that's going to happen all the time. And that's incredible because that's what a lot of our fucking anxiety and and fear comes down to is the fear of uncertainty, the fear of of the unknown. And yet, if it was all certain, if it was all known, it would become hell very quickly. And so it, it comes full circle for him that now he's like, I I love you, uncertainty. I love you so much. <laughs> and that is the beauty of this movie, the acceptance that this moment is what we have, and that. Although our perspective may change it for us, the reality is that it's a beautiful experience. If we can just recognize that the alternative is eternity. Being human is really quite a gift. I love the perspective that I will one day die. I love the fact that each and every day is uncertain because as Phil very much demonstrates in this movie, if you knew everything that was going to happen all the time, yeah, that might be fun for a little while, but for how long? Before you'd start craving uncertainty, you'd start craving change and challenge. And that's the beauty of Phil's lesson. The fact that he will go through the rest of his life totally happy that he doesn't know what's happening next. And if we can learn anything from this movie, that's definitely the lesson that I was shooting for. So I'm very grateful that we had a chance to watch this movie. Go and check it out if you haven't as yet. I guarantee you're going to enjoy it. And we would love to hear your thoughts, of course. Um, that all said, do join us on Discord if you can. Share your thoughts about this movie. Make another movie recommendation for us because I have a list in my head, but 
I don't know every movie out there and I would love to hear what your favorite movies are and why. So join us on Discord or join us on Patreon. Of course, we say that every episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Andrew, unless you have anything you'd like to add to the end here. Just that I love this movie. It was uh, really a journey through eternity. And I, I was kind of going back and forth between, you know, a, a denial of the reality of the eternity that I am and an appreciation for the eternity and the lack of weight that comes with that. Because as much as it may seem scary that, you know, you've always been and always will be, same time, it, it just comes back to here now. You know, you, you take those lines and your idea of your lifetime from the day you were born to the day that you die and and those walls between them or at the ends of them drop and like, yeah, it goes. There is no end to those except here now. It's, it's both the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, as they say. And so, you know, the depth with which you can appreciate this moment is the depth with which you can experience reality and, and appreciate reality and your entire existence just comes back to your experience here and now. So appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. And in the future, watch a movie before you listen to this, probably. But uh, given all the spoilers and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I love the movie. So I appreciate the recommendation and, and really enjoyed chatting about it. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye, everyone.